Lads, lads, lads. Football. Get a support, love. Oh my god, best lad voice ever. It's so weird when girls do lad voices. There was like, yeah, yeah, like always a wide boy. Recorded in London, I'm Charlie Braids Price, and I'm producing this episode of the podcast about masculinity seen through female eyes. That's right, women talking about men, masculinity through how they see it. Someone literally told me the other day that there's no such thing as the female gaze. Oh, what? Why don't we have a gaze? We don't have eyes, apparently. I'm not sure. I definitely have a gaze, and I gaze definitely at men. Today's episode, we're exploring masculinity in its most old-fashioned sense. In another episode, we can conquer the many, many questions we have about toxic masculinity, manhood in crisis, what it means for feminism. But today, we want to focus on our experiences of masculinity as young girls of the 90s and women of 2018. What are we actually talking about, Ruby, for you? What is the first thing that pops into your head? Strength. I think of immediately like a man is a strong, physical, physical, strong, mentally. They're also quite powerful and in positions of like authority. I think those are the things I always think about when I think of men instantly. I think of a guy in a suit, maybe with like a black briefcase on his way to a powerful bank to go make millions because he's going to like mad men style. Yeah, like Don Draper. Don Draper is ma- the man. Alpha male. Alpha, alpha male. I think of like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> and now, a definition. The Oxford Dictionary's definition of masculinity are qualities and attributes regarded as characteristic of men. In modern times, I guess we'd call it lad culture when manifesting itself in the male species. But what if these traits were seen within women? So when we think about men, as you say, it's like the breadwinner, the guy that's in charge and a strong, big, strong, confident, the leaders. What, what does it actually mean, masculinity, in terms of women? Because masculinity and femininity aren't the same as our sex, our biological sex so just because you're a woman doesn't mean you're feminine and just because you're a man doesn't mean you're masculine most of us are somewhere in between Mm, I think it's also pushing those things as binaries to each other yeah yeah and I think that's that can be really problematic I don't I don't think we need to do that as much anymore no and so when I we know that we neither have to be one or the other we can be like a kind of amalgamation of both a lot of masculinity and femininity when we're talking about your gender and how that relates to a gender is related to the LGBT community, whereas the both of us are cisgendered, heterosexual, I'm white. I'm brown. (laughs) (laughs) So the way we look at masculinity within ourselves or with the men around us is through quite a straight gaze, isn't it? Yeah, and and a limited one. It's like, I think we're quite biased. We both are very straight, probably... (laughs) quite vanilla quite (laughs) vanilla we're not vanilla (laughs) we're basic bitches (laughs) so for anyone that doesn't know what cisgender means just because i had to look it up because i was like am i using it in the right way but cisgender is a term for people whose gender identity matches the sex that they are assigned to at birth so we were born with vaginas and are happy with that (laughs) 
wish you a man? Did you ever wish you a man? Yes. I sometimes still do, I think. Yeah? Well, mainly for experimentation, because it would be really fun to sexual masturbate. Sexual experimentation. <laughs> sexual experimentation. <laughs> I would love to be able to masturbate as a man. I just think oh that's my really God. Do you know what makes me want to heave? The thought of having a penis scares the shit out of me. Really? Oh my God. Imagine getting a boner. Ugh. I, in public yeah in public a boner on the bus is never something <laughs> never something I'm jealous of when it comes to men and also I always think like why put the genitals on the outside of the body like it's such a dangerous place to put them I'm really happy that mine are inside of my Tucked body in. yeah. yeah protected by the rest of myself I think there's like lots of other things that I would like about being a man though like clothes they get to have oh my god sim- amazing simple, simple clothes yeah um, if you're bigger and broader, which tends to be more more manly, uh, you get like less probably like less shit you can see at gigs, and you can yeah. kind of carry yourself well. And I don't know, I think you can carry yourself a bit nicer when you're a man some- sometimes. And you know how it feels really nice to build muscles and to feel strong. Imagine just being able to do that without the anxiety of do I look too big or mm. butch? Do I not look fe- feminine? Because even though I would never look at someone and think it was a problem for a woman to be bigger. It's always been something that I've tried to shy away from as a as a teenager and a younger woman. Yeah. It was like the thing that no one wanted to be. Men can take up space and it's like, yeah. it's fine for them to do that. Like they can spread their legs out on the tube and just kind of like put their Man-spreading. arms on chairs. Would, would you stuff. be a manspreader? Oh yeah, totally. Because I have a massive dick, which I'd been masturbating <laughs> all day with. And I need to like open my legs up really wide to put it all there. <laughs> I always like the idea of being a gentleman or a gentlewoman. Like I, <laughs> I really enjoy like holding doors open for people and like buying people a drink and just generally like looking after people. So you'd kind of be a gentle, a gentleman. Yeah. I'd be so you'd be like a really sweet kind of, like would you be? I think you'd be quite quiet. Maybe wear a flat cap. Yeah, or maybe like a little suit. Like quite often, I'd be in a suit. Oh, nice. And. Yeah. I think I'd just quite enjoy that. When I was a kid, this is really weird, and I don't really know what this means, but I used to, I used to have, like, um, you know, like when you're dreaming or daydreaming, I always used to daydream that I was, like, the prince saving the damsel in distress. Oh, nice. That always really attracted me with manhood and maleness. So when that whole, like, he's going to stand up on a white horse and save you. you I wanted like, to be on the white horse. I'm on that white horse. Yeah, I'm yeah. coming to you. I like that. And now, a definition. So, in the Urban Dictionary, butch is a traditionally masculine man or woman, and especially a masculine lesbian, often the dominant partner in a lesbian relationship, and especially of in a butch femme lesbian relationship. Who's the girl and who's the boy, even though you're both girls, or even though you're both boys? Like, everyone wants there to be a femme and a butch in every relationship. I don't know if that's because they always see relationships need to be kind of, there needs to be kind of balance in the universe and like with mm. the balance there needs to be duality. But I'm really just interested in the etymology of this word butch. Does that come from butcher? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What is that Maybe we can look that up. <laughs> like somebody who like cuts up loads of meat and is like, <laughs> that's well butch. There's a really good female butcher in Islington. Oh, really? Yeah, if you ever want to see a true butch. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the most middle-class thing we could ever say. That's a really good female butcher. I saw a short film about her, oh, wow. the female butcher. That's really cool. Yeah. So at school, butch was an in- insult. And when your worth, as it probably was for both of us as younger women, is 
really based on the male gaze and how attractive and submissive you can be to the men around you being butch or being a masculine presenting woman can I think it can both almost set you free from that entrapment but also outcast you what was it like at your school did you ever get called butch or a man yeah so I was like really tall and had a moustache so yeah I such was... a gentleman <laughs> I wasn't like kind of butch because I wasn't very like wide I looked like kind of runner bean with a moustache but yeah I remember that was quite like manly my legs were hairy I had a unibrow you know I was like a geeky Indian kid I remember that somebody once commented on the way I walked as being quite butch oh um I was like kind of I don't know tall and awkward yeah uh and that really upset me when uh somebody said that and I can't really remember why I was so upset by it but I think I was kind of felt like I had to be I couldn't I wasn't couldn't be a girl the way they wanted me to be and I definitely wasn't trying to be a boy so I was failing at all counts no what about you did you ever feel like you were masculine growing up only when I was doing sports and I'm quite sweaty and I remember being there was like this club that you go to the gym in and I was actually going to the gym for realsies I was like 15 and I was like actually going I was like working out wow. and someone was like oh you've sweated and I remember being called a man when I was playing I was I was all right at sports I remember playing basketball and getting one in and it was like oh you're such a man and I was oh. like oh, oh man's winning this game so I don't yeah. care about being called a man it's just a really weird thing to keep you in your box as a child because you have to really give up a lot of the things that you enjoy like I used to play football with the boys every lunchtime up until secondary school mm. and then all of a sudden you just couldn't I guess it's because we're not doing any sports activities and attributes that are masculine and activities and attributes that are feminine and if you're somebody who has a bit of both, everyone's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not complying to our rules, our binary rules. What are you doing? <laughs> Stop fucking up the system kind of thing. Let's talk about how we present. Like, why mm. Why have you got long hair? Um, I used to have really short hair. I used to actually, I shaved off all my hair when I was uh, in 2008. Shaved it? I, sh- I had it all really, really short. And I was going through some kind of like renewal of myself. So I haven't actually always kept it long. And right now my hair is like shoulder length. Yeah, um, and I always kind of keep it around here, but I am going for a longer look this winter, and I'm trying to do that because I think it's I think women with long hair are really pretty and elegant, uh, and I rarely see women with short hair who are pretty and elegant. <gasps> I know that's such a bad thing to say. <laughs> it's such a bad thing to say because I've had short hair, and I think those women that can pull it off are like really ridiculously beautiful in the face, and I'm just like average. So I probably wouldn't be able but to. But what pull it about off. someone like uh, Ruby Rose? Is short hair? Mm, well, she's, she's absolute stunner, right? But she's stunner with or without long or short hair, right? Because we get told that there are certain faces that suit long hair and there's certain faces. Yeah, that like suit when short I tried hair. to get a pixie cut, and they were just like, no. <laughs> it was like when Emma Watson got hers, and I yeah. went to the hairdressers, and I was like, right, I'm ready. <laughs> and she just gave me a short bob and was like, that's the shortest I'm going to cut it because you've got a fat face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, there's that image of Eve, which I thought was an interesting one, of Adam and Eve and Eve's naked when her hair is long enough to cover her boobs. Yeah. And for some reason, I want to get to that stage. <laughs> I want to cover up my nipples. I just want to be able to be naked, but be able to wear clothes in my own hair. But I guess Eve was probably white as, as well, though, right? Yeah, it's So, <laughs> it's bullshit. <Yeah. laughs> God, I, I, I sometimes wish I could get away from presenting as so feminine like I really I don't really like having lots of hair but do you think it's something you consciously do I do it because I want to look pretty 
But do you think you do it consciously? Like, I am putting on makeup today because I want to look like this? Or yeah. is it, yeah. And I don't ever do it just for me, because if I'm just for me, I just sit at home in my mm. jogging bottoms and baggy t-shirt. But I, I, I purposely want to look alluring. Alluring. <laughs> alluring. Yeah. <laughs> I think I sometimes want to look alluring, and then sometimes I'm quite happy to look androgynous and weird. Mm. And but have... you can pull off androgynous because you're tall and slim. This body cannot pull off androgynous. <laughs> like, I've I tried think, so much. No, I think sometimes you can, and you do look quite androgynous and do it quite well. When you wear sportswear, you look really androgynous and cool. Do I? Yeah. When do I wear sportswear? Sometimes I've just seen you wear sportswear. <laughs> you have this, like, Adidas jumper that's, like, really cool, and I was like, you look sick. So this is a YouTuber called Old School Butch, and we thought it was a really interesting insight. No, I'm definitely an old school butch. Um... You know, I treat my women with a lot of respect and uh, a lot of tender, loving care. You know, what makes me butch, I don't know, it's my attitude, it's the way that I am, it's the way I've been my whole life. I was a tomboy when I was a little kid, too. Obviously, you know, I dress butch, you know, I'm just very masculine, I have a very masculine personality. I'm way more in touch with my male side than I am with my female side. Now, there are tons of definitions, there are tons of degrees, there's a huge spectrum you know, um, everywhere from soft butches, uh, stone butches, uh, you know, in the bedroom, I'm definitely the top, I'm definitely the aggressor, the dominant person in the bedroom, that's how I prefer it, that's my butch attitude coming out in the bedroom. Yeah, the butch femme dynamic for me does play into the bedroom, you know, and I think it does for a lot of people that are in the butch femme community. And the butch femme community is a sub-community of the LGBT community. You know, I absolutely, I, you know, I can even get onto the gender queer scale and say that, you know, I don't identify as female and I don't identify as male. I believe that there should be five genders, okay, and I believe that butch is one of them. So next, I want to talk about being macho. Being macho or macho ma- machismo, which is like the I think it's machismo. Machismo is like the overemphasis of masculinity and power, often associated with the disregard of consequences and responsibility. It's this is not the gentleman. This is not the guy or gal that likes to open doors for you this guy wants to throw you down rip (laughs) off your clothes and pummel you and not care of the consequences i think this is kind of touching on the old toxic masculinity right Mm. he's basically gaston from beauty and the beast Mm -hmm. this type of masculinity lends itself to the primal idea of men being the aggressors the football fans football factory danny dyers of this world right which isn't I'd say my father, for example, right? Very masculine man. He's a man's man through and through. But there isn't an aggressive bone in his body. And he's, he's, he's a peacemaker. He's a gentleman. But he's... But he is not macho. And I think there is a huge difference. My husband is not macho either. That's interesting. And that's why I like him. Because yeah. the macho side of masculinity, I don't like. But that's not to say I don't like masculinity. Do you think the, the macho straight side girl. of masculinity also has arrogance in it? Yeah. Arrogance and... Yeah, that's that's what I imagine. It's like the amplification of masculinity. It's dominating conversation, deciding what to do, pushing people around, making everybody else around them feel inferior. And now, a statistic. 
So men commit more violent crime than women by miles. Around 85 to 90% of convicted murderers are men. A majority of the reported domestic abusers and pretty much all of those committing sexual attacks are men. However, this is the part that gets overlooked. Almost twice as many men than women are victims of violence. So these are the men that will be likely to be caught in a bar brawl, a violent altercation at a sporting match, a disagreement outside a pub. Like It's the fact that I, I've had it before when I've spoken about feminism and about women's safety and sexual violence. And a man's come back to me to say, actually, it's more dangerous for a man to walk down the street at night than a woman. I'm really interested in this. I think this is like a bit of has been a bit of a revelation to me in the last month or so while prepping for this episode and talking to uh, my brother and, and men about the kind of things that they attribute to being masculine. And, and in my head, I really do think now that every woman who's, who's experienced some sort of sexual assault, you can also name every single man who's experienced some sort of uh, unwanted violence that's happened against them. Yeah. So if it's things like my brother would tell me stories of just going to like a bus stop and, you know, having somebody start on him was a daily occurrence in the same way that you and I probably have had uh, comments under the male gaze that have made us feel uncomfortable was a daily occurrence to us yeah. too. Yeah. And I, I remember being a teenager and my brother, something happened. My brother got punched in the face by somebody. And then I spoke to the person that did it before I saw my brother. I was, we were just out and about in town. And um, the guy is like, don't worry about it. It's not personal. Every, every man gets a punch once in his life. Your brother said something stupid, so I punched him. And I was like, you're a prick, I hate you. And then mm. he was like, why are you pissed off at me? Everyone gets a punch. Mm. And I couldn't, I couldn't get my head around that because I'd never had a punch. I don't know one Have man... you had a physical fight? One, yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> oh what my God. happened? <laughs> I was I was uh, started on by a bunch of girls in a club toilet. Oh. Uh, I looked at someone the wrong way, like literally oh that. God. That was quite a yeah. Got a couple of punches in the. It, they, in were the quite, they were quite short, so it was kind of boo in the boobs. That's boob how did punches. you look at someone the wrong way? Don't know. I quite... say that you have the most inquisitive face. <laughs> you're, you're not. You don't have like resting bitch face <laughs> at all. I don't know. I, I, maybe they mistook me for someone, but in the end, we all got chucked out of this club. Me and, and my friends, even though they started on me, they like came to the toilets and like tried to kick, kick down the toilet. Fucking you know, I had the only thing, I mean, I didn't really have it. I'm much more of a mouth than a fist. But um, <laughs> I, we were outside a club and this really young girl, she was, pro- she was probably like about 16 and we were like 21 or whatever. And she came up to us and was like, can I use your phone? Can I use your mobile phone? And she went up to my friend who was like, she's kind of like the shyest of the group and the nicest most kind of innocent one of the group and she got her phone out and I was like don't give her your phone she's gonna steal it and this girl was like you fucking what and I was like I just you know when you're just a bit drunk I like launched into one and I was like you can't come over here it's like give you some money for that pay phone or I'll call your mum give me your mum's number I'll call her I'm not handing you my phone and you're not doing it to her so we've do that or fuck off you little cunt and she just punched me on the face and I was like okay maybe I deserve that <laughs> god <laughs> Really, when was the last time you were angry? Uh, last time I got angry was at work when I tried to ask for a pay rise and it didn't, it didn't go well. Uh, <laughs> and did you go full Hulk? I just was, I went, when I get angry I get quite upset and I'm not very good at being like, I don't shout, I don't scream because I, I was raised in a house where both my parents did. <laughs> so right. I've, kind of gone the other way um but I just kind of have got a lot of pent up stuff that I need to release 
and normally a good run does it afterwards but I have never exploded at someone but I get that kind of anger that seethes at the surface yeah and kind of makes me cry rather tears, than makes me yeah. shout um so yeah that was like two weeks ago I I got angry on Friday at work actually um and somebody had snapped at me in the office in front of everybody and I just like really saw red and I, I just was just like, I don't know why I'm fucking here. And I was just like, I don't expect to be spoken to like that. And I've got this real pride thing yeah. that I think is really similar to like some of the men in my life, how right. they behave. And mm. I think sometimes I scare or intimidate some women around me who are, why is she getting so angry? Why yeah. is she like, I'm quite confrontational. I think I think I am too actually and maybe that's why I think you, you and I get on. Yeah. I can be quite abrupt and snappy but the yeah. thing is if you're inside your own head you don't realise it until somebody points it out to you. Yeah. So I've definitely had like work colleagues tell me that I say it too straight sometimes. <laughs> I got I... told my emails were too straight. <laughs> Everyone's like I couldn't even tell if you're a man or woman by looking at your emails and I was like well you're not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking email. Jeez. I think yeah I think I give off that vibe but I, that's not something I'm ashamed of. Yeah, I always wonder with aggression, like we obviously toxic masculinity, violent man and man violence is huge and it's a massive problem for men. But in its essence, the idea of anger, like is it something we should be oppressing or is it a natural thing? Because the more our society moves forward, we're much more lending ourselves to a feminine way of doing things than a masculine way of doing things. You can't like brute force your way to the top anymore. You need a bit more... I don't know, a bit more of a softer touch. And I'm often told that I'm too extreme, too confrontational in the way I'm doing things and I need to adapt. And I really struggle with that because, I don't know, anger is like my, is one of my fave emotions. I think also the thing I noticed about you and, you know, forgive me if I cross the line here, but you... Uh, <laughs> oh God, what are you, you going to say? <laughs> you reach emotions really quickly. Yeah, So yeah, if definitely. I if something happens to me, it takes me maybe about half an hour to process it and be like, I'm really angry about that. Mm. I'm fuming that this is the situation. Yeah. And I don't know how to, to do it. Whereas if something happens to you, your reactions are so instant, your emotions are right there. Yeah. And I think anger is a really interesting one when it comes to men and women because that I feel that's a really common thread of like how quickly you respond to it. So mm. men go from being like, oh, mate, what are you doing? Sorry, I'm going to do my horrible man voice. And then they go, punch, punch. And it's like, yeah. it's just such a quick reaction to like anger. Yeah. Whereas, I don't know, I, I think maybe that could be like a masculine thing, like yeah. a faster reaction. You just fast, you know, you're really like straight. Do men in your life express their anger in a different way to the women in your life? I think the women in my life are fiery and exciting and interesting and, and they get angry and they're... Sass bags. Yeah, they're sass bags. They're terrible <laughs> sass bags. Sass bags. And they're really like emotional and open and the men in my life are much more repressed. Yeah. And quiet and pensive. I don't often hear men talking about their emotional feelings, being angry, being upset. Yeah, I would say in my life, the women are much more emotionally open, but the men are fight more. Like my husband, right, and his friends, he'll be like, oh, I had a big argument with this person. And I'll be like, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> and he'll be like, yeah, it's fine though. Like, we'll be fine tomorrow. Whereas like with the women, if I have an argument, disagreement with a woman, like it would take, apart from you, I mean, we don't really argue. We have, I, I suppose we, we don't really get to that point, but some women, if something weird's happened or there's been a difference in opinion on something, I will hold it for months. Mm. Whereas like my husband will be like, yeah, I had a fight with him at the pub about Donald Trump and then 
the next day there'd be a few text messages and they're fine again mm. whereas I'd be like I don't when next time I see them I'm gonna be really worried it's gonna be really awful yeah but you know what though I don't know if I could go to my female friends you're being such a dick today and for them to accept that whereas for my male friends I could be you're being a prick today what's wrong Whereas for my women, female friends, I couldn't be as like couldn't be as straightforward because you're worried that you'd hurt their feelings. Yeah, I'm That's really worried I'd hurt their feelings. Is that because you presume that men are stronger emotionally. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard when you fall down the patriarchy hole. But no. Um, do you think it's natural to be violent from time to time? Oh, is it natural to like really good question. want to punch someone? Because sometimes I'm like, oh, I really want to punch you in the face. <laughs> I grew up in a quite an aggressive household where me and my brother definitely got hit a lot. We hit each other a lot. We were kind of quite rough and tumble. And when I get angry, my kind of most natural reaction is to clench my fists and grind my teeth. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I am, it's really bad. No, I, I do the clenching fist things and not know that I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, I sometimes get really angry and my mind is is doing something else, I look down and my, I've hurt my hand because I've got rings on and I've yeah. like clenched really hard. Shall I do that too? I actually think I do have quite a lot of pent-up progression that I need yeah. to like get out. But but maybe, I think I do believe it's probably natural to kind of take up boxing and, and kind of get it out I somewhere. I really want to start boxing. I think I'm going to start. Yeah. I've got some boxing gloves at home. But also, we're socialised creatures, right? Like, we're not supposed to be aggressive like that anymore though. What would you mean? It's illegal. You can't punch someone. Yeah, but you can do it. You can do it in like a kind of yeah, kind of safe environment where you can do like punch each other. But but, <laughs> but I think there is something in giving people the space to do that. Like there's this pub that I remember when I went to go see West Ham because I'm such a lad. And <laughs> uh, so, on our way there, he pointed out this pub to me, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, that pub's really good. It has um like a a punch bag." in the middle of the pub and everyone gets really drunk goes and watches the football and comes back and if they've lost everyone just gets their aggression out on the punch that's so funny and i was like i can like believe and see that and think that that's a healthy thing to get it out yeah because we're just socialized if we were real human beings take back all of this kind of education that we have and take back kind of our like let's go back to our primal instincts all we really want to do is eat fuck I don't know, maybe occasionally exercise. Like, what do we really want? Probably just eating sex, right? Eat sex and maybe get drunk. Do a poo. Yeah. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my shirt. So sexy it hurts. And I am too sexy for my Finally, I want to talk about assertiveness and dominance. The archetype man or butch partner is traditionally the, like the dominant partner in a relationship. Like, what does that really mean in all of our relationships? Does there have to be an aggressor and a submissive? So I think we should look at this article first before we have a further chat about it because I thought it was quite funny. Okay. So this guy, Dan Bacon, is a dating and relationship expert. And he says, I know the secret to attracting and picking up women for sex and relationships, <laughs> which has allowed me to enjoy my choice of women throughout the years. Wow. And he wrote an article which I found called How to Dominate a Woman, for examples. And it starts off by him, like the, literally the first line of it is, it's no secret that women feel sexually attracted to dominant men. And I want you to be like true or false all the way, all the way between this. False. <laughs> Um, 
one of the parts is during sex how to dominate a woman during sex oh my god and he just he just gives us some examples to is let he, us reference to consent anywhere in there or are we just well, starting starting at a consent point they're already having sex every every kind of yeah we're well, already having sex oh, there's no there's no talk of consent here but all the way through he's like oh you don't have to be dominant all the time just some of the time um okay some examples of how to dominate a woman during sex Press against her with your chest when you're giving it to her in the missionary position. So she's got her. So she can't really breathe. Right. Penis inside. Penis inside. Pressing against her. Man laying on top of a woman. (sighs) Great. (laughs) Put your hand on the back of her head and scrunch up some of her hair into your fist as you give it to her. Uh, Grab the sides of her face and pull it back and forth on your middleman. No. As she gives you oral. Okay, two things there. We all know that when a girl wants to go down on you, do not touch her head before she does it. No. If she's gone there... She's there. She's there. You don't need to, like, force her head down there. And if you do, she doesn't want to give you head. Why would you ever want someone to be on your genitals that hasn't placed themselves there on purpose? Like, when everyone's... We have teeth, fuckers. Yeah, like, when you talk about consent, it's like, don't... Like, hold out for enthusiasm. Hmm. don't make someone like how can you get sexual pleasure from that's a general rule hold up for these guys I like that (laughs) is she into this (laughs) Um, but he does say underneath it you don't have to be dominant 100% of the time how many percent for me 65 any of those if any of those things happen to me during sex I'm just out the door I'm out well tap out <laughs> safe word broccoli no i think i think that that's not fair because there is a way to be like play sub and dom in the bedroom and it'd be safe and it'd be consensual yeah if but you're this advice about is it. something that he's giving men to tell other men to do to women not saying to couples this is power play that you can play with and, and either some... of you could maybe do one of these things yeah like set out the rules and have fun with it i'm not anti you know some kind of sub rough sex that's totally like you and your prerogative and in your your position to choose but yeah and I, I also just hate dickheads who say to men this is how to get women ask women <laughs> yeah ask women how to get women why don't you just do that i think anyone dishing out relationship advice is often really off the mark like anyone who thinks they can talk for all women or all men or all I don't know. He always talks about getting attractive women in the thing. Even from like, oh, if you go to a restaurant, ask the way, choose a place to sit and ask the waiter if you can sit there. If she suggests somewhere else, say to her, no, I prefer it over here. (laughs) It's like basically stop being polite. (laughs) I'd like to sit next to the toilets. (laughs) Have you ever been, have you ever been in a dominant, uh, like a situation with quite a dominant partner? Like a sexual situation. Well, or just like a relationship. I think I think I am the dominant partner. And I think <laughs> I am the dominant person in a group. And I've had to like consciously in my adult years make sure that I'm not always being overbearing. But as a kid, I was always the leader in the group. Leader of the pack, like most organised, could make people move to the parties. Yeah, I probably have a bit of that alpha vibe in me. You um, do actually. When we worked together, you were, uh, you were a connecting force between everybody. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's, it's not, it's not always been a good thing for me. I've definitely been called out on, you know, overpowering people and quietening down voices. And and that's not something I'm proud of or want to encourage, but I am that person. Like Mm. I'm a mover and shaker. And I don't know if that's a masculine thing. 
It is. Yeah, well, it's considered a masculine thing sometimes. Do you know what my role is, though? Mine's like the friend of the alpha. <laughs> I've always positioned myself as, like, the best mate of the alpha. Is that the beta? <laughs> alpha, beta, is that like a thing? Like the matriarch yeah. to the patriarch. <laughs> You're the matriarch to the patriarch. But I, I always... I'm never the most dominant in a group. I but I try and influence the most dominant in the group so I don't have to deal with the stress of being the dominant in the group. Mate, you're winning. <laughs> that is like the best thing I've ever heard. That's why I say things to you in your ear. <laughs> and then yeah, try and make them happen. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But in relationships, I, I had a few when I was like a teenager where I was definitely not the dominant one. Like even in like sex, sorry, mum and dad, again, don't listen to this podcast. It's mm. not for you. I just let it happen. And that thing about, he was saying about like roughly moving from position to position. I remember being in a situation being like thrown about and being like, oh, this is horrible. Mm. And didn't really enjoy too much sex until I was, I was a bit older. And people like they don't like i mean if you're in a like a traditional man woman masculine feminine relationship often sometimes being too dominant can really cause a problem yeah from either side of course i think there's this idea that women put these expectations on men too which is something that we probably should talk about which is yeah some women like to be the small spoon and like carry me and like i need you to be strong i'm cold give me your jumper yeah exactly <laughs> exactly i'm so cold and like that is that is a traditional relationship thing yeah. like he should be I a bit taller that than sometimes. you he should be able to lift you up he should weigh more than you have you ever been too dominant in a relationship like have you ever been like cross the line and that's a health, healthy relationship. I mean, fuck knows. I'm not Dan Deacon or whatever his name is. <laughs> Dan, Dan Bacon. Dan Bacon. Who's Dan Deacon? He's oh, a musician. He's yeah. <laughs> I love Dan Deacon. Yeah. So does dominance ever come into play in your workplace? I feel like it has to, right? If you are managing, you're a producer and producer, we have to produce teams. We have to kind of inspire them. And, you know, that happens. But also we are inspired. We have... Uh, people above us who dominate us and tell us what to do so dominance is totally important in the workplace and I I wonder if sometimes you use it in a in a positive way to can you dominate positively can you dominate can you dominate can you dominate in a feminine way yes I absolutely believe that I think that's really important because I think a lot of a lot of people think and attribute those qualities that of leadership to men to you know MPs being compared to like being wall breakers and all that kind of stuff but you can it's just you know you can be a dominant femme dominant femme a dominatrix that's actually and that's only is a dominatrix just a woman or can it be a man i think it's only a woman can i do my impression of dominant men in television yeah okay so yeah well what i really want to do today is if we just get this shot and it's gonna be really fucking cool and like she's gonna be at the end of the camera and i'm just gonna go slowly towards her just slowly slowly (laughs) slowly do you know what i'm saying and when we get there it's it's gonna be beautiful it's just gonna be beautiful (laughs) and they always use female um kind of describing or feminine describing words to describe what they're making like when people call ships a woman ships mm, yeah <laughs> it's beautiful it's beautiful there yeah. she is often a cameraman will press like stop and be like there she is <laughs> well there he is we interviewed a man today why are you saying <laughs> she is it masculinity in the workplace is it dressing up in a shirt and suit jacket and being presenting as a 
masculine woman because that so. gets me a bit further if i you know don't if i don't wear my flowery dress in i feel much more powerful if i'm honest in the, in the like history of humanity so far women have only very recently entered the workplace right like, <laughs> uh, yeah if you look at the kind yeah, of, really it's it's tiny it's a blip we're just there and so of course if we live in this place which is structurally designed by and for men women are going to try and find their place in it still yeah um, and I think that's fine. I think it's fine to experiment and choose bits of your male bosses that you like, that you want to put into your leadership and your management skills. And it's fine to choose bits of female bosses, but I guess it's, it's important to find your voice and your voice can be a mixture of both, I think. So the workplace shouldn't just be this kind of male space. Um, but sadly, I think the industries we both work in still are. Yeah. And until that changes, it's impossible for women to get further in without channeling their inner man. I Charlie. Heard... <gasps> Charlie. Your name is like, yeah, isn't That's it? That's the only reason, well, not the only reason, but the reason I do Charlie on my CV rather than Charlotte, my official name, please don't call me that, but um, <laughs> is I get loads of interviews for, for jobs that they think they're given to a man. Like, I had an interview in Top Gear. Oh. And they were like, do you like cars? I was like, nah. Let's finish on what we think is positive about masculinity. For you, what are the best parts of masculinity that you've enjoyed in your life? I think the best part of masculinity is is this kind of strength, this inner strength that I just see. This, oh, like, look, the world's going to go to shit. It's you know, twenty eighteen. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. The nuclear button's all over the shop. Everyone's got a nuclear <laughs> button these days, <laughs> and some's bigger than others. I don't know. And I just think it's nice to see strength in the face of adversity. Yeah. And I think that that kind of confidence in their strength is something that I, I take with me. And I hate that phrase, man up. Yeah. But at the same time, I think if we attribute that to like, get stronger. Uh, Be you know, brave. You can you can do this. Yeah. You, like, you got this. Then that feels good. So yeah. Strong. Strongness. Strong. For me, it's all about the sort of the breadwinner thing right and I don't ever and I don't think this is just a man's job and I think what we need to do is make it a man and a woman's job but being that person that's going to provide for everybody is just the coolest thing and I Mm. hope one day I can be a breadwinner (laughs) the gentleman I think will never die I don't know why I'm obsessed with gentlemen. I love What's a gentleman. That word? Chivalry. Yeah, you love Which, a bit of chivalry. Well, that's like knights' honor, right? Mm. So back in the medieval times, it was like the code of the knights that you'd put your cloak on the floor for a woman, so you didn't have to walk into like a pond, a uh, pond, puddle. puddle. <laughs> God, just don't let like, her walk into a trick. pond. <laughs> <laughs> You'll float in my coat. <laughs> yeah, I just. I, there's something nice in being kind to other people and being selfless, right? Mm. And if we're all allowed to do it, then it's a really great world. Yeah, and like... Uh, another episode full of masculine to- toxicity and the crisis of the modern male will be coming. But I think we need the help of some actual self, self-identifying self men rather mm. than just us cis... Two straight girls. Females. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. 
it'll be really nice and we'd like it a lot because sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's nice to know that there's someone out there listening and if you're listening just let us know we have a facebook page just have to type in das podcast and we're on instagram and twitter just instagram is this is das and um twitter is das underscore podcast and like challenge us man because we're here and we're saying loads of stuff and we're not always right and it's nice it's nice to have a conversation das is all about having your voice heard so keep testing us (laughs) 